Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. This is my wife, Jessica. She's going to sing to you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Just be ready. I might call you back. I don't know. <laughs> cool. I've been married now to Jessica for eight years. She has put up with me for eight years. Thank the Lord that there's somebody in this world for me. <laughs> um, but this is my beautiful bride, Jessica. She, a uh, strong prophetic gift and loves to sing, a strong anointing on her voice. So we're just going to let her sing to you. Whatever, she, whatever moves on her heart is just what she'll do. going to pull a song from heaven. Whatever the Lord would have me to sing, he said, just let him play and I'll give you the words. So that's what's going to be. I worship you for you are the king of glory. I worship you, your Lord of Lords, I dance with you, you're my Lord, you're good, good daddy, yeah.
I muted it. Cool. If I stand next to her, then I get a lot more compliments. <laughs> so I did good. Guys, he is so proud of you. Your heavenly father is so, so proud of you. I just got to say it again. Your daddy's proud of you. This is one of those days it's almost like hey, I'm just going to have a sit-down talk with you like Dad does, right? Sometimes Dad comes and he sits down in his favorite chair. My dad had his chair. It was like a lazy boy. I think that chair went through, <laughs> I don't know what it went through. It's lasted beyond time. But this is one of those times where Dad just wants to sit down and have a talk with you. And he wants to tell you that he loves you. He wants to tell you that he's proud of you. Some of you here need to hear that. You need to know that your daddy is proud of you. Yeah, you've had tough times. There's been struggles. There's been challenges. There's been controversy. There's been conflict. But he's proud of you because you walked with him. You know, oftentimes we think that we have to do everything perfectly and right in order to please God but he's just so pleased when your heart is fixed towards him. You know, I got kids, I got little ones. I got a five-year-old, I got a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. It's an adventure. <laughs> I always talk about that because it's an adventure. It's probably bigger than the Odyssey or the Iliad, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> and many of you parents know when you have little ones. It is an epic adventure. My house is like a parkour course. It's American Ninja Warrior. Kids jump from a couch to the next couch, to the table. Now I got my youngest one, who's a one-year-old baby that's hanging off of the oven door. <laughs> think she might be a gymnast. But you know, I think about my kids. They're not going to get it all the way right. I mean, they're little ones. They're, they're growing. They're learning as they go, right? And as we guide them, as we walk with them, they learn. They come into more things, more insight, more wisdom, more maturity. But you know what? I'm pleased just the same to hear Johanna say, because that's talk for, I don't know. Because <laughs> when one-year-olds talk, you just don't really know. You're just like, yeah. And then Judah, you know, he's my two-year-old. And um, you can hear what he has to say. And um, so my wife homeschools our kids, and it's fun because... Jonathan is five years old, so he's getting it, and he's doing well. And then Judah sits at the table with him, but he can't last as long, right? He does his ABCs, and then he goes, play with trains, trains. So A, B, C, D, train, Dad, train. I'm like, dude, you didn't get to R, S, and T. But, you know, the reason why I'm bringing that up, because you know what? I'm pleased just to be with them. I'm pleased just to see them. Make a little progress. It doesn't matter. You know, when Jonathan showed me one time when I came home, and he showed me how he could write his name. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And I think what made it more amazing it was that he asked, are you proud of me? Yeah, I'm proud of you. And we made a big deal, and I took that paper, and it sits on my office in the school, and it's like this, you know, you know how you had those kindergarten writing papers, the big lines and things like that? And it's got his name, Jonathan, which I can read. <laughs> you know? And people are like, hey, what's that? That's my son's, what? that's his name. 
It's big. It's huge. Your daddy is so proud of you guys. If there's nothing else that you get today, just know that he's proud of you. He's proud of you. He's proud of you. He's proud of you. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah, he knows when you messed up, but he's still proud of you. You know why? Because you kept coming. You kept going forward. He's proud of you. And you got to know that too. You got to take that with you. And it's got to seal it today that your heavenly father loves you. Everything good you attribute to God. Everything good. His love for you is unending. His mercies are new every morning. And we need them. Because I don't know about yesterday, right? But guess what? Today and tomorrow his mercies will be new again. Now what that says to me is that that's a father who loves us. That's what that says. That he loves us so much that he will not continue to hold our sin against us. He has no desire. Do you know that when the end comes and, and we stand before the Lord, you know, when he's got to tell some of those people, be gone from me, I never knew you. Do you know that breaks his heart? You know, I don't know when you read that. Sometimes people can read that as, be gone from me, I never knew you. Like he's got no emotion and no feeling whatsoever towards telling those who he sent his son to die for that he's got to depart. Got to depart. Imagine how his heart breaks to know that that one won't make it into the kingdom. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about how his heart breaks so much for us? And how much his love is actually for us? Depending on how we grow up in our experiences in life, it's typically how we view our Heavenly Father. How do I know that? I do a lot of stuff with men and with fathers, and Bill and I, we talk about this all the time. You know, Bill's a good friend of mine. He's like a father figure to me. We met, I want to say, about five years ago coming up here, and it's just like kindred. How does that happen? Young black guy, older white guy? <laughs> I'm glad I got to get you guys laughing. So, Typically, how we grow up and how we have experiences with our, 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 our parents and our fathers at home is usually how we see God. I've got a great relationship with my parents today. My, my, my father and my mother are married now, I want to say, I'm 35, about 38 years this year. They'll be married 38 years. Got a great mom, a great dad. Um, we went through some struggles growing up. I've got two brothers, an older and a younger, and we grew up in a, in a, in a house of abuse. Now, I say that to tell you this. We were on eggshells. You know, there's times where I didn't know what kind of day it was going to be. And when you go through certain times of abuse and things like that, you begin to know patterns of behavior. All right? You begin to understand moods and how that mood is going to change. And so then you begin to know, should I be here? Or maybe I should go out and play? Or... I got to make sure I walk softly today. I don't want to say anything or do anything. So now I'm talking to my, my brothers, and, and we want to make sure when we play, we're keeping it down and so on and so forth. Now, I'm saying that to say this. I got a great relationship with my dad because we went through some counseling. We went through healing. I mean, some deliverance, and, and God's restored that relationship. And I got to talk to him about why a lot of the aggression and things came out. And he went through a tough time in, chi- in his childhood. I mean, in the ex- by all stretches of the imagination, because of the patterns before him, he should have left. Because everybody else left in his life. But he stuck it out. You know, God loved my dad. One day I stopped a few years back and I stopped blaming him for what had happened to us. And I said, man, God loved that my dad stood there and stayed even when he didn't know what to do. And he used his times and challenges and controversy and conflict to work good things in us so that we can come into the full knowledge of who he is and we can come into insights and wisdom and maturity and we can be adjusted 
and one day we can come into love because he is the greatest grandfather ever. He will do anything for his grandkids. Is that the same guy? Yes. He would do anything for those babies. I mean, this guy gets on all of his hands and knees and walks around, and, and they got kids jumping on him and everything, and I do that too, but I'm like, are you okay? Can you get up? Can I, can I help you? Guys, no matter what we've went through in life, and because of those experiences that I grew up in, my view of God as a father was not clear. It was not accurate. All my brothers and I, we are highly motivated people. I got an older brother who lives in the Chicago area, and he's got his own martial arts business. Very successful. Got a younger brother who played in concert at Carnegie Hall, teaches at Malone University, and he's a classical pianist. Then there was me, <laughs> the middle kid who got in trouble all the time, fought all the time. Well, I did do some amateur boxing, so that was fun too, because I could get my energy out that way. We were very highly motivated people, but my view of God was that, you know what, he was very strong and legalistic. He gave me rules and commandments, and that's what it was. And if I didn't obey those commandments, if I didn't obey those rules, he was going to be upset and angry with me. He's going to hold something against me. I woke up one morning over six years ago in February after a 21-day fast in January to the end. So I woke up one morning, and he said to me, Jonathan, I woke you up just because I love you. He said, if you do nothing for me, even if you sin against me, just know I woke you up just because I love you, just because I want to see your face. That changed everything for me. I knew then that it was not about what I did that made God love me or love me not. He loved me because I was his. You know the greatest thing about Christianity? Is that God gets to get us. And we get to know him as he truly is. Do you see that? The benefit that God got out of giving his son Jesus dying for us. The benefit was now he got to have us too. And not only did he get to have us, now he gets to have us to know him as he truly is. That we can be close to him and intimate with him and be connected to him and learn from him and sit on his lap. Not have to come for anything but just to sit down and hang out. And I believe I'm just going to go up to heaven one day. I'm not talking about death. I'm just going to go up to heaven. Heaven's like the living room, man. You know? If heaven's like the living room, it's going, you know, I'm, just going, I'm believing God I want to get there. Hang out for a while, and then we'll go back down. That's cool. I mean, why would your daddy hold anything back from him if he loves you, right? Jesus already said he's not going to give, a good, a good father's not going to give their son a snake or a scorpion or a stone to eat. He said, how much more are your heavenly father going to do for you? Are we stretching our faith to believe for the supernatural? Are we stretching our faith to believe for things that we haven't seen or heard? Because eye haven't seen, nor ear have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. So what does that mean? That means there is no clue right now in your physical mind as to what he wants to do for you and with you. So why not believe for anything that comes up? Maybe I'm just peculiar. So are you. Because we are a peculiar people. Right? A royal priesthood. A holy nation. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't it good to know that your heavenly father loves you? Oh, he loves you. For some of you that like to hear God in a deep voice. He loves you. He loves you. Everyone, from the oldest to the youngest, and you all have a place in his family. You're all significant and valuable in his family. Isn't that amazing? There's no one without significance and value to him. 
even the uncomely parts, right? Even those uncomely parts. This is what the Bible says, what Paul said. Even those we bestow more honor to. Even when we don't think that some, something should be as honored, he says, oh, yeah, for sure, because I love you. We've all done some things in life, right, that we're not proud of. Do you know that he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you? He will be with you to the end. Do you believe that? That means you're going to have to engage faith to believe that when you're going through your challenge and your, and your, and your triumphs and, and all the, the, the tests and trials that you're going through in life, you've got to engage faith to believe that. Because when you're in the midst of the mess is where the miracle manifests. But it's only by faith. It's only by faith. Yeah, he's a faith God. Why? That's how he functions. That's how he operates. He would love to do everything for you, but guess what? He already did. And now he's sitting back like, your turn. Let's go. I'm a little wired. I always am. That's probably why, one of, that's why Jonathan is the way he is. My oldest son, Jonathan, is just, I mean, this guy zoomed. Well, all of those kids zoom, right? There's no relent. I'm like, dude, is there an off switch? <laughs> or at least to, to take it down to another gear or something. I'm like, come here real quick. <clears throat> Second. First. Slow down. Doesn't work. But guess what? God is there. He's like, hey, your turn. I've given you everything you need to fulfill destiny. And when you fulfill destiny, you're going to be so excited about it because I designed this specifically for you. <laughs> and he's giddy about it, like Jerry Jones for the Dallas Cowboys, you know. Okay, we'll work on that later. <laughs> and so he's saying, like, I, I designed this destiny for you. And guess what? It's going to please you to no end, to no end. And you fulfilling destiny is fulfilling his heart towards you. And when you fulfill destiny, guess what? It pleases him to no end. So the reality is, guess what? We get to please him to no end. And he gets to please us because he pleases to give us the kingdom. And he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. Oh, this is your heavenly father. He, he's excited. He's like, your turn, boy. Let's go. Turn it up, man. Let's go. Your turn, girl. Come on. I've given you everything you need. Imagine standing before him at that white judgment seat. And then he says to you, why wasn't my name and my blood enough for you to make it over? Gave us his name. Gave us his blood. Why is it not enough to get us over? Could you imagine getting there? And you're in front of this... And, and, now it's time. Now it's time. This is the reality of the end of things and the judgment of everything. And guess what? The question is, why wasn't my name and my blood and faith enough to get you over? You could have accomplished this. That will break his heart. You know why? Because it will break your heart too. Because that's when we realize, like, man, he had all this for me. And he knew I could do it. It doesn't matter about the amount of talents that you get, the five or the two. That doesn't matter. The reality is he was pleased, just as pleased, with the guy that had two, made two, two talents become two more talents as he was with the five-talent guy that made five more talents. He was just as pleased, just as excited. You guys know that story? Okay, if not, I'll just go ahead and make it real quick. There was a, there was a Lord. He went off. Okay, you guys know it. He gave his servants one five-talent, one two-talent, and one one-talent. And he went off on his, his journey, right? Each man according to his ability, what he could be able to handle. All right? And so the man that had five took all those five talents and went off and made five more. So he took his talent, he took his gifting, he took what God gave him, and he used it for good. He used it for the kingdom. He used it and reproduced it and gave that gift back to him five times over. 
guy with two did the same thing. He took those two and he used it back over twice, and so he made two more. And the guy with one, what did he do? He just took that thing and hit it in the ground, you know, dug a ditch. He didn't have the reality of God. He didn't have the reality and the understanding of how much God loved him and how much God entrusted him with this talent. And he knew he could produce that one talent into one more. So then he comes back, and then the guy with five comes and says, hey, I've made five more talents. Oh, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little things. Now you're make, I'm going to make you ruler over much things, right? Enter now into the joy of the Lord. You know, he's excited about him. Come on in. Two-talent guy. Oh, great job. Enter into the joy of the Lord. One-talent guy. What happened? And he goes off and talks about, well, I knew that you were a hard man. See, he didn't have the understanding of the reality of God. You know, I tell you this sometimes. Sometimes we can think the same thing when it comes to God. I'll just turn this way so I don't get hit. Church. Stuff like that. I'll just speak up here so that'll be okay. Um, because I'm just a guest speaker. I don't have to get beat up later. <laughs> Zach, Pastor Zach is a cool guy. We met one time, and we just, just connected. It's like kindred spirits, man. We just had a good time over coffee at Starbucks, and it just, it just felt like a brother. So I'll turn this way again to keep going. <sighs> so sometimes we have the wrong perception of Jesus, of God, of pastors, of church. We think things are too hard and this and too this, too that, too that, and the other, you know. And, and since we have that wrong perception, we do some wrong behaviors. We have some sometimes wrong mindsets and wrong thought patterns. You guys get where I'm coming from? Am I able to turn around now? All right, cool. You guys going to embrace me at the end of the door, right? Cool. If not, get him, right? <laughs> You'll be my go-to guy. But he's got to sing next week and Wednesday, so don't hurt him too much. The reality is, guys, he loves you, all right? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I got something for you I was, as I was driving back from O'Fallon, Illinois. Um, you know, it's interesting. When I was driving to O'Fallon on Friday, I kind of just got something dropped in my spirit that, you know what, Sunday... I was going to stay till the conference at 5 and then hurry back, and I probably would have got home like 5, 6 this morning. But um, I just felt like, you know what? There's going to be a time that's going to come up where I'm going to need to serve. I don't know where that's going to be at, but Father, just prepare me to be a servant on your Sunday morning, wherever. So I didn't know if I was going to be in Illinois and serving there or if I was going to be coming through South Charleston, Springfield, London area, where I know people there and serve there or coming back to Akron, so didn't know. So then when Pastor Zach called me up, and he was telling me about his, his plot, pretty much about how he is <laughs> inundated <laughs> with bad weather in the south, which ain't the same up here. My folks are from Lincoln, Alabama. And that's right next to Talladega. If you know about Talladega Super Speedway, NASCAR, that's where it is. When you get bad weather down south, everything shuts down. Let me tell you, and it's, you know how we get inches? They can get a centimeter. And it's like, call the mayor's office, call the schools off, close the stores. That's it. It's over. Because they, they're not prepared for it. So he told me about his situation, and I just knew right then and there. I said, you know what? I need to step in for him and serve him and serve you guys. So on my way back, he started saying this to me, and I want to say this to you guys. Celebration, you're coming into the new. Wow. That's pretty big. I'm, i got to sit down for this. Oh. I'm not in bad shape. I ain't in good shape, but not in bad shape. <laughs> you're coming into the new. New life new path. You're coming into new, new life and new path. I want that to just resonate for a while. See what you're doing. Ever since 
What did Pastor Zach get here? Was it August? September? Something like that? July. Cool. Perfect. There's a lot of things that have been inaugurated since he's come. Those are purposeful things. All right? Heaven's persona of you is just so glad. That's why he told me to tell you guys that he's proud of you. Because heaven's persona is joy over this congregation. There's a swirling going on right now. It's a swirling of spiritual gifting, prophetic things, wisdom. There's a swirling. Heaven's persona is like, they go. They got it. They're getting it. They're moving forward. Boys, get ready. Get ready. Watch this. I thank God like that, man. God is so cool. He's so fun. He loves to be called Abba Father. He wants to be your daddy. It's different when you call somebody father and daddy. I get daddy all the time. Now it's my name. You know, I used to say that's a, that's a role. And then Judah's like, dad, 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 dad. Like, that's not my name. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> to you, it is. I'd rather be that to him than to be anything to anybody else. I'd rather be husband to her than to anything to anybody else. It don't matter when it comes down to it. I pack up everything as long as I can minister to my wife and to my family. That's the best thing in the world. Now, I got to turn up on that. I got to adjust some things on that too, right? You know, because guess what? I ain't got it all the way together yet. All right? There's some adjustments I need to make with my maturity, right? There's adjustments I have to make in life so I can be a better husband towards her and a better father towards my kids. But again, he loves you. He's proud of you. You're coming into new life, new paths for the fulfillment of congregational destiny and corporate anointing. You're coming into new life, new paths for the fulfillment of congregational destiny and corporate anointing. He's rallying this congregation like rallying the troops. I like to walk. Is that okay? Good. What's your name? Dwayne. I like Dwayne. First time, but that's okay. You're a strong man. You're a strong man. Man, he's going to use you. It's, 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 it's like God's, it's like you're a frontline soldier, man. And it's, I just see like your feet, when you stand up, your feet become like tree roots. And they just go down deep. You're like a pillar. You're a pillar in this church. I don't know what you're doing right now, but you're a pillar, all right? And you're strong and you're fortified, man. You're fortified because God put that in you. He's dropped some things in your spirit. It's going to be coming out this year. So they're starting to erupt. So we're just covering it right now so the enemy can't take and steal anything that's been put into your heart. What's your name? Dwayne. Listen, this congregation is being rallied. You're being pulled together. You're being equipped. You're being anointed. You're being remantled. You're getting stirred up. You're getting charged up. You're getting fired up. Fired up. That's Texas. Fired up. It ain't no fired. It's fired up. All right? You guys are getting stirred up. I got a little country in me because, again, my folks from Lincoln, Alabama. So if I don't say you all, believe me, I'm going to say y'all. And wouldn't you know, I went to the University of Akron. I studied English and education. Integral, <laughs> integral language arts, right? And I did great. I just don't talk like that regularly. You're coming into new life, new path for the fulfill fulfillment of congregational destiny and corporate anointing, the fulfillment of Father's heart for you, and the fulfillment of heaven's persona of you. I'm going to read that again. I want that to sit in there for a while. You're coming into new life, new paths for the fulfillment of congregational destiny and corporate anointing. So that means together he's going to do something with you. Together. Together. That's one mind, one heart, one passion. One. For the fulfillment of Father's heart for you 
and the fulfillment of heaven's persona of you. You know, heaven has a persona of us. We don't often think about that, but heaven has a persona of us. And that's why I said heaven's persona of you is joy right now. He's just like leaping for joy over you. You're coming to a lot of adjustments and growing pains, but you're on track. You're on track. You know, sometimes we can feel like, am I on track? Am I, am I right? Am I doing this right? Right? There's some things that you start doing like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm doing this right. And you're just, it's because it's new, right? And because it's new, you just kind of hmm, mill around it a little bit. You don't know if you can even do that or if you can believe that. You guys, you're on track. You're, you're on track. You're coming to a lot of adjustments. You're coming to a lot of changes like stretching too. You're being stretched. You're being pulled. It's great because the mantle for this congregation, you need to know what it is. And the assignment for the congregation is vitally important to God. It's your corporate destiny. That means all you guys get to do something together. You get to have victory together. It's like a team, right? I coach four- and five-year-old soccer team. <laughs> exactly. Pray for me now, brother. All you elders, come lay your hands on my head. We go fall and spring, September, October, and then we do April and May. And these are four- and five-year-olds, and I've got occasional three-year-olds because I'm just crazy enough to say, well, you know what they want to play? Let them play. Let me tell you, I tell all my team, when we get together, I say, come on, take a knee. And so I get down on the knee, and inherently everybody does this. <laughs> I'm like, it is a little muddy. It doesn't matter. I said, all right, take a knee, take a knee. So I, I gather them all, all those kids around, and I probably got, I don't know, probably like 20, 25 kids. And, and they're called, they, they name themselves the Green Ninjas. And I got a few of them that could be one. Every time they run down the field, they're tackling somebody. It's not American football, kid. <laughs> We're working on it, though. We're working on it. So I get them all together, right? I say, come on, put your hand in here, all right? This is our motto. Our motto is love God, team first, have fun. Love God, team first, have fun. So we all got our hands in all these kids. Imagine. This is on a field with tons of older kids and other soccer teams, and they can hear the peewees. Love God, team first, have fun. Love God, team first, have fun. And I'm like, Green Ninjas on three. One, two, three. Green Ninjas! <laughs> and then usually I give them instructions. After you say Green Ninjas, run to the line. But guess where they run? Everywhere. I'm like, no, 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 to the line, to the line, to the line, to the line. Let's go, let's go. But guess what? As a team, together, when I get those, those youth together, those boys and girls together as a team, we get together to do something that we could not do by ourselves. You can hear us all throughout the field, and everybody stops to see the Green Ninjas play. We may not have but four goals. The entire season. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and that could be in one day, depending on who's sitting in the goalie. And again, I said sitting in the goal. <laughs> because everybody wants to play goalie when you're four or five. Because you can pick daisies, and you can sit down, and you can lay down while the ball is flying over your head. And then I get parents coming to me and Jessica afterwards, Coach Jay, we love you. Thank you. <laughs> we love you. You're coming into a lot of adjustments and growing pains, but you're on track. Two paths are now converging into one and becoming the same. And the road has broadened and is getting wider. Man, that says that your reach is getting ready to expand. Your reach in the community is getting ready to expand. Your reach is getting ready to expand. Oh, man. 
Your reach is getting ready to expand. So guess what that means? You've got to be expanded first so that you're ready to be expanding the reach. You got to get pulled and got to get stretched. It's like Laffy Taffy and stuff. You got to get pulled. It gets better when you pull it apart. You know, almost like muscles, right? When you're ripping muscles, they grow. When you get them ripped, you keep on going. If you don't quit after the first time you're ripped, you're like, oh, man, I can't go back to the gym anymore. And you keep going, those muscles rip, and they begin to expand. So you're in this whole expansion time right now here at, um, at Celebration Church. You're in expansion time. You're being pulled. You're being stretched. And you're growing. And your path is starting to widen because your reach is starting to get bigger. Because God has a plan for this congregation to reach, to reach, to reach, to reach the nations. And if you're here, I would be excited because everybody plays a role in that. Sometimes you may not be able to go, but you can send go. That's what I call it, send go. You know what, I can't go to Africa, you know, so I guess what, I'm going to send this one to go. There's a young, the young lady that was going to our church, she's our, um, our babysitter, and she was going to Moldova, I think this is where she was going. And you know what, I couldn't go, but we got to be a part of sending her to go. It, I'm there now. My seed and my prayers are covering her, and now my influence and my presence is there. Every time you come to church, guys, you bring your grace. You have brought your grace to this place every time you come. And guess what? It's not just the pastor or the worship team or the leadership. They're bringing their grace. You're bringing your grace, and this all converging into one, and boom, an explosion in the heavenlies. He's like, oh, it's time, boys. Go down there. Then the angels come and they hang out for a while. And they're inhabiting your praise and their wings are blown. Angels come out and they hang out during worship service, guys. They do that, you know. I've seen a few of them on occasion. They're fairly huge. Depending on what type, what kind of angel it is, sometimes there's warring angels and they're standing on, on guard. They're standing at their post. But they come down, they hang, believe me. You start engaged faith, start to see them. There you go. What are your expectations, guys? What are your expectations? It's a question I always ask myself. It's a question that you need to ask yourself now that you're part of this congregation. What are my expectations corporately? What are we here to do? What's our assignment? You know, for our church, we know that our, our main assignment is to defeat Laodicea in American culture. You can read about that along another time. It's different service. But what are your expectations? What do you expect when you come to church? Right? What do you expect when you come on Bible study nights or, um, you know, groups and things like that? You guys go to do home groups and stuff like that? Or how's that going? Okay. What do you expect when you're going there? What are you bringing? What are you bringing? What's your expectation when you engage in worship time? Right? We have an expectation. What? I want to see heaven today. Oh, I would love for Jesus to come down and dance right here. What's your expectation? The glory of the latter will be greater than the former because the merging or connecting of the two hearts. There's many that are here from the past and many that have come in that are new. And now you guys are coming together. You're coming together and you're forming a bond. Allow that to happen. Allow yourself to be stretched. Allow yourself to be pricked. Allow yourself to be ah, adjusted. And it's, you know, when, when the, my team got together the first, Sunday, the first Saturday practice and we got around that circle, Everybody was running into each other. Like, move, get off of me, get off of me. You're standing on my foot. Yeah. I'm like, I want to say, you're standing on me. But you know what? Towards the end, they were looking to come together. They all had their hands over each other like in a big huddle. Talking about love God, team first, have fun. That's where you're coming into as well. So I'm going to read some scriptures so you don't think I'm a heathen. Cool. Somebody already thought that. 
All right. Mark 2. Good, I got it up here. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that I don't really, I mean, I need technology, but I still know how to use it. <laughs> so I mess up stuff all the time. Um, Mark 2 is important. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. So here's Jesus. He's in the house. Oh, man. Here we go. Jesus is here. And straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, right? And they came unto him. I love that. And they. Here's this group of guys, these four guys called they. <laughs> this is just great. Mark's rendition is awesome. It's always full of action-packed. It's my type of thing, you know. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm an ADHD kid. All right, so now you get it. Now, now you know why I'm just always zooming around. That's who I was growing up. But we didn't have medication then, so it's like Jonathan, calm down or go over there. That's who I am, right? So, but this is the cool thing about this rendition, Mark's rendition, is that he's like everything's jammed, packed, and there's always something going on. There's always something that you're going to get engaged with when you read Mark. And so here's this guys, this group of guys called they, and they come with their buddy. And so when they come into him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith. So here's these guys. These guys were just, they were adamant. They were persistent. They were not going to quit. It did not matter. We can't get in the door. Oh, well, we're going to the roof. I wonder whose house that was. I'm like, really? You're going to just take my roof apart? How about you just ask us? We would have moved people out of the way. You going to fix that? And they let this guy down through the roof. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Remember that. Say, Son. Can't say it again now. Say, Son. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Okay, so remember that's what he said, right? But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee? Or to say, arise and take up your bed and walk. So wonder how Jesus equated the two statements. You see that? And then there was a crowd sitting in there and said, why is he speaking blasphemies? And they're saying, hmm, this dude can't say that. You can't say, your son, your sins are forgiven you. But Jesus equated your sins are forgiven you as to the same statement as arise and take up your bed and walk. Huh. Hold that thought. Let's go to Mark 16. Can you guys do that? Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Mark 16, something we've all heard and read before, right? I'm just going to read it from the King James. So I got it up here. This is after the resurrection. Jesus said unto them in verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Who did Jesus tell to, to do that? Did Jesus tell you guys to do that? Is that what he said? Yep. You mean Jesus would tell us, you get them healed. You get them saved. 
you cast out demons. Remember he did with his boys, 5,000 people. It's like, you feed them. You mean Jesus would tell you to do something that you may not even believe you can? And he says it like he believes it. Do you mean that Jesus has more faith and belief in you doing what he said for you to do than sometimes we do? What does that mean? It's time for us to rise up. That's why we need stretching. That's why we need pulling. Because it's time for us to come into the fullness of who he is. It's time for us to come into the fullness of our mantle and our assignment and our anointing and begin to call those things as not as though they were. It's time for us to raise the dead, heal the sick, to cast out demons. We don't ask him to do it. We do it. You know why? Because he gave us his name. And he gave us his blood. And his power in the blood of Jesus. There's dunamis power. There's appropriation of his name that will cause every sickness and disease to bow down and anything that is opposing his name and his will and his word to bow down at his name. The name of Jesus is so powerful that the devils and, this, and, and these little imps, these little critters, that's all they are, they're little critters. I'm going to tell you a story about it in a minute. He, the, the name of Jesus causes them to fear and tremble. And when you appropriate the name of Jesus by faith, they must obey you. And so here Jesus is talking to these Pharisees, and he's saying, hey, man, it's the same thing of telling him, arise and take up your bed as, I'm, as it is to say your sins are forgiven you. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because I want you guys to understand that sometimes we can look at something that's new, and we can almost sometimes to persecute it. We can say, this is new. I don't get it. I don't understand that. Who can say that? Why can we do that? How is this possible, right? Because it happened back there. And the word of God is for our admonition. And I want you guys to know that, guess what? You're not the only one in on this. There's oftentimes the, thing, the new things come up in the spirit that sometimes you just don't know. You just don't get like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Every previous move of God, every restorative move back in history from Martin Luther right? To, to, to the, you got the, uh, the, these Methodist movies, you got the Pentecostal movies, you got charismatic movements, you got Lateran movements. All previous movements have persecuted the next movement. Because there was something that was not understood. Getting awful quiet in this. Better take a drink of water. What I'm saying is this, guys. Be alert. Be alert. Be alert and know that there are new things coming that we ain't seen yet. That we don't know. And if Jesus can tell these guys that Telling somebody that their sins are forgiven them is the same as telling this guy to get up and take your bed and walk. Then I better have opened my spirit and my heart and my mind to believe that when he starts to speak to me, and then there's a, there's a clearance, you know, there's an assurance in my spirit. How do you know when God's speaking to you? His voice comes from within. There's fruit to everything that God says. What are the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, what? Long-suffering, faith, goodness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, Right? So guess what? Whenever you have assurance and peace in your spirit, when God's saying something to you, that's his voice. He's speaking to you. There's sometimes I will, I will ask, did I, did I, was I supposed to tell you guys about the critter story? You guys want to hear that story? Okay. Hold that thought. That side. I like this side. This is the cool side. You guys too. You guys are cool too. All right. Everybody's cool. Woo! Yeah. All right. So now I won't get beat up. What was I saying? Great story. All right. So my wife and I were going out to dinner one day, right? Let me tell you, Satan is not all-powerful. He does not have unlimited resources. Who is cast out is it. That's it. He does not have unlimited resources, unlimited imps and, and devils. No, he doesn't. He's not powerful, all right? He's not all-powerful over God. I'm sorry. It's not, it's, that's what it is. We get to beat them up. 
Instead of beating each other up, let's beat him up. Right? Because we can beat each other up real easy. We need to beat him up, smack him around a few times, make you feel good. It will, I'm telling you. You start, you start to exercise your apostolic and prophetic mantles, you'll be excited. You're going to get charged for me. You ain't going to never want to come down off of that high. All right. I'm talking to you, I guess. Yeah, cool. That's your son. Yeah, cool. All right. So we're going to dinner, right? Because let me tell you, these are just little critters. They're not, they're not, they're not nothing. I'm telling you, they're nothing. Oftentimes, they're little. They usually have these huge fat stomachs. I'm serious. And they are just terrified of you. And once you exercise authority, they're out. So one time we're going out to dinner and we're, going, we're right downtown. And, um, but they, they jump on people, right? They jump on people and use people. That's what they do. And depending on the person that they're using is what the influence that they have, all right? So we're downtown Akron, parking on Main Street because we're going to Three Points to dinner for a date and everything. It's cool to go on a date, you know. Or you husbands take your wives out for a date, all right? So we're going out to dinner and there's this guy who's got clearly a demonic spirit upon him. And he's yelling on one side at the other side of the street uh, two or three other people, right? And he's yelling just, go to hell. I mean, just, just, just vehemently angry and rage coming out of this guy's mouth. And he's yelling at these two people. And I guess these two people, maybe I talked to him about Jesus or something. I don't know. And he's just going after them, just like annihilating. And it's loud. I mean, everybody can hear it. I'm not, even, I'm not even concerned about this dude. So we drive up. I put it in park. Anybody ever used Groupon before? I love Groupon. <laughs> Especially with three kids, you love Groupon. <laughs> we just went to Amazon the other day, and I didn't have to pay. Groupon. <laughs> okay. So we park, and we're starting to walk, right? And the guy is back here, and so we're just walking towards the corner just to cross at the stop, you know, at the light. And um, he starts to quiet down a bit. This is funny. This is funny. And, and I re- realized, I'm like, oh, man, I left the group on inside the car, so I got to go back. So I turn around and left Jessica there, and I start walking back to the, to the car, and the guy looks, and I look at him, and I see this little demon with his little fat stomach. And he's just like, eyes get big, and he starts, <laughs> serious. It was the weirdest thing ever. And then I, as I'm seeing this, the guy looks at me in the same way, and he turns, and he just starts to take off. I didn't say anything to him. I'm just leaking the presence of God. I'm just leaking. Just radiating. Our family mission statement is to radiate the love of God in whatever shape, form, fashion that it may be. That's our family mission statement. All right? So I'm just radiating the love of God. And this guy turns and he jets and he is out of there. And we both see it. We both see it like, wow. That's the first time I've seen something like that. That thing wasn't big. That wasn't huge. He was putting on a show. Start using Jesus. Start living for Jesus. You'll see things run up out of there. All right, I know I scared you, and I know you're getting ready to get me out of here now. All right, since I did that, I'm going to go into my final statement and get out of here so I can make sure I can make it home in time for dinner. And you can too. Okay, because I, I want to make sure, am I, huh? Group on. Well, not this time, but, you know, I, <laughs> I'll move right on. Study that mark, too. You can't put old cloth or new cloth onto old garment. You can't put new wine into an old wine skin because it's going to, you know what? He's so loving towards us. He doesn't want that to happen. You know why? Because he doesn't want to lose neither one. No, he doesn't want to spill the new wine. Not at all. But he doesn't want to lose that old wine skin either. It's just as valuable. Just as valuable. That's why I just want to say, and this is what you should say, it should be your, your, your proclamation. Make me new so I can receive the new. Make me new so I can receive the new. A change in season, guys, means a shift in the climate. You have come to a new season within this church. And because this new season has happened, there's different weather. Weather just goes from seasons, from times. But sometimes there's a shift in climate. 
See, climates are shifting. Everybody's talking about global warming and stuff like that. You know, I don't, whatever you believe, that's okay. I'm not trying to get there. The whole point is, the reason they believe about this global warming and this huge climate shift is because the amount of emissions and things that we put off from cars, hairspray, all these different chemicals releasing into the atmosphere, right? And when we release these things into the atmosphere, what it does, it shifts the climate. I got news for you guys. As you continue to release worship and prayer, and you stay on point, you stay on target, you release the word of the Lord, you stay in his presence, you stay in his anointing, you stay in his mantle, and you continue to pray and pray and pray and don't jump off of things, eventually your, your prayers or your emissions are, is going to change the climate. See, it's started to happen already in Akron. There's been a shift in our climate. I'm talking about the spiritual landscape. There's been people that's been praying into the city of Akron for years. There's been people that's been praying in this city for years and years and years, praying for revival, praying for awakening, praying for people to arise, praying for the, the city. I mean, there's people have been praying and praying and so on 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 into the city. You've been doing the same thing. And guess what's happening? Just like in Revelations, eventually when the bowl is filled through the prayers of the saints, that angel is going to bring it over to God and say, here it is. And he said, you know what he's going to say? Pour it out. We've come to this place, guys. The climate has shifted. And if you're feeling a little inundated, a little stretched, a little pulled, like you may be banging your head on the wall, that's a good thing. It's a good thing because you're being stretched. You're being made new to receive the new wine. And he's going to use this congregation specifically for the call of God on your lives. Will you go? Will you go? Okay, it's a question. Should be an answer. Will you go? Thank you. I'm a black man. I, I, call and response is cool. It's not going to throw me off at all. I grew up in a, a black Pentecostal church. We didn't get out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon sometimes. Sometimes 4. Then you go down the street and eat some church's chicken and come back for 6.30 service. And that went over to midnight. And you were 10. And I'm going to let you home <laughs> around noon. Praise the Lord. Because <laughs> if that was going on now, everybody would be out the church. like, I can't do this. Jesus, come now. You're being stretched. I'm going to read this prophetic word over you again so you can recognize it. You're coming into the new, new life, new path for the fulfillment of congregational destiny and corporate anointing, the fulfillment of Father's heart for you, and the fulfillment of heaven's persona of you. You're coming into a lot of adjustments and growing pains, but you're on track, and he's proud of you. Two paths are converging into one and becoming the same, and the road has broadened and it is getting wider. What are your expectations, says the Lord? The glory of the latter will be greater than the former because of the merging or the connecting of the two hearts. There's been a change in seasons. That means there's a shift in the climate. It's a good thing when the climate shifts for Jesus. And when the heaven is open to continue to pour out upon this place and for you to go up and lift things to him. Amen? Hey, would you stand to your feet? Cool, I was going to ask the worship team to come up, but you're on it, man. What's your name? Caleb? Caleb, I like Caleb. <laughs> Did you write that song? No. No? <laughs> Maybe I saw your name on there or something. Oh, that's because you're probably singing that. Takes a while sometimes for me to get there. You guys can start to play softly, but I just want to release over you guys and pray. If you feel led, you know, I'm, I'm an easygoing guy, so if you feel like you want to come up to the front, that's cool. You know, I know you guys have altar workers and things like that, so it's whatever you feel like. The point is this. It's just you and him. It's just you and him. And that's what I want for you right now. 
Don't worry about who's around you, about what's going on. Just take your time for you and him to have an encounter. Just have a great time with him. And then as you feel led to come up, and as when they get done, and they, they're going to play softly after they sing part, whatever, um, I'm just going to release corporately over this congregation. And then we'll bring up Pastor Bill or then they'll take it from there, okay? So they're going to lead us into worship. But I want you to take yourself into the throne room and just sit a while, okay? Let's do that. Okay, guys, I'm just going to release this over the whole congregation, okay? The whole entire congregation. Just get your hands up and be willing to receive, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, the word that's been sown, Lord, we seal it today in the name of Jesus. We seal it now and we cover it and protect it so that this seed will flourish. That it will begin to take roots and that it will come up and produce fruit in the name of Jesus. That you are using this congregation, that you're expanding their reach right now in the name of Jesus. That the pulling and the stretching and the inundation is for this time and for this season, for this moment, Lord, for what you're doing with them. And we seal it and we cover it. Because Satan, you cannot take it. You cannot steal this from their heart. We bind you now in the name of Jesus. We release that full power and assurance over them right now. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.